0: Welcome. I'm the Parliament Raven. Welcome. Pull up a seat. Pour yourself a cup of tea. My name's Jason Rodriguez, and I'm the Parliament Raven. Today is self-study and the pulpit. Um, and the reason I'm bringing this up is um, It was recently pointed out to me that teachers of the word are self-educated, and it was pointed out to me in a very interesting way. So uh, knowing that uh, my students are uh, provocateurs of YouTube and other uh, internet media, I came across a video on YouTube by Cracked Magazine, a a very old publication that now does videos online, Um, and it used to be joking videos, but... This video was on what if a megachurch was honest. And um, man, it was just an insightful point of view of people who are, are not Christians and what they might or how they might view uh, today's megachurch. And part of it was finding a young, young pastor who's good-looking, well-dressed, and has a mediocre, uneducated understanding of the Bible and self-help knowledge uh, to lead this church, right? And uh, and it kind of floored me to think about it. And my thought was, how many pastors have I known who have gone through through seminary or uh, actual college uh, to understand? The Bible in a deeper level and what exegesis and eisegesis means and Judaic thought versus Hellenistic thought and understanding the roots and historical, biblical and cultural representations of what they're teaching and, and what derives and so that they don't misinterpret um, the knowledge and wisdom that was granted to us from uh, from God. Right, and so I'm sitting sitting here doing research for the last few weeks, and I find uh, it doesn't. I, I find an article by by the Presbyterians in 2011, and I was flo- even more floored by this. And one of the the percentile percentages in this article was conservative Protestant pastors find 44 percent said that a degree or certificate are unimportant. To the ministry. Now, um, back in uh, Jesus' time, you would have had to go learn the Torah as a young man. So we know for sure that at least Jesus had school specifically on the Torah. He also had it memorized. And we know that when he visited the temple, he was talking theology, advanced theology. With the rabbis at the temple, and to their amazement, and we know that because <laughs> Martha and Joseph left, and then realized they don't have Jesus with them, and they ran all the way back to Jerusalem, and they found him at the temple with these astounded rabbis, uh, because Jesus was was eloquently and um, giving, you know, discussing uh, theology with them. Right? And so there's this importance that we see early on in Jesus' life for education and discussion, uh, which is very much part of the culture when it comes to uh, rabbinic studies back in Jesus' time. And somewhere along the way, um, as the church grew, uh, it stayed that way for quite some time in the Catholic Church. And then when the Protestant Reformation happened with Martin Luther, and the printing press came out. Things changed in the sense that not a few studied it. Like everybody could grab a Bible and start preaching about it. Um, and uh, seminaries rose up to 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 meet that um, that demand for people who wanted to teach. And but as per, we've progressed in the Protestant movement and and the revivals we've had. Um, that has lost its importance. Uh, uh, Teaching and understanding theology has lost um, its grip. Uh, And so in 2014, here's my next things, the average pastor's education uh, was, uh, uh, according to a different article, uh, no theological education was four percent. Some Bible college, not finished, twenty-six percent. Uh, theology, uh, bachelors, fifteen percent and a master's of twenty-five percent, with doctorates at six percent, and then some education somewhere or certificate, filling in the rest of that, um, and and if we go if we look at a a, a bigger scope. Um, it, it's, it's, I'm astounded and floored and flabbergasted that such a lack of, of importance to education, for the pastorate, for the position of teacher, which is now included with pastor, is there. Uh, so and here's the, and here's the, and in 2019, so I, it, it looked like full of seminary and focus on the family, looked to see what was going on. And 80% of seminarians leave the ministry uh, in the first five years, which is an interesting statistic because 80% of teachers in the public school leave within the first five years. So there's something in America with teaching and teachers and the way they're treated uh, from the pastorate to inside the school that is unified because in within the first five years, teachers and pastors, uh, which both have the same type of job, leave. Right. Uh, some more interesting statistics: eighty-four percent of American pastors are men; thirteen percent are women. Uh, race background: uh, a race breakdown is seventy-three percent are white, ten percent are black, eight percent are Latino, six percent are Asian, point five, point five. Percent are native, and then the rest were unwilling to let let uh, let the the survey know, right? So the rest is unknown. The average salary of a pastor is thirty nine thousand dollars. Um, so it's very strange, um, on on the whole education level and how we treat uh, the pastor or the teacher, um sitting in the pulpit, or standing in the pulpit, uh, teaching us, preparing words for the average average churchgoer every week. So, yeah, and let me tell you, this information had to be scraped from articles, a whole bunch of articles on not only just different topics, but, like, there's no one looking at this. Like I had to piecemeal all this together, um, and and it was done over the last uh fifteen years, 20 years, like because no one's consistently looking at 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 this, and with people leaving the church and interesting enough, old heresies popping up, and interesting enough, bad theology popping up, there's no wonder why. When there's no teaching going on, when there's no rabbis holding each other accountable um and maybe and maybe we need to consider uh, the seriousness of being a teacher, right um, because we have to deal with the consequence of that a person called to teach uh, is judged more strictly. For instance, James 3.1, not many of you should become teachers. I have in parentheses, rabbis. My brethren, for you know that we who teach will be judged more strictly. Right? Um, So, Let's take a look at. I'm just. I want to continue with some more verses. Second Timothy two fifteen. Consider it a serious matter to keep, and keep considering it something serious to present yourself before God, and and to find approval. Um, and it used to be study to find yourself assured. Um, Second Timothy in some things say study to find yourself assured, but that's from when study meant being. To be to strive and be diligent in sixteen eleven, and this is a personal matter, right? But it's still it's still the concept of to be assured. One must continually be seeking and and be be upon the word, and and if you're a teacher, you should be at the forefront of that, right? You should be continually reading, continually seeking others uh, like yourself who teach. so that if we do come up with new ideas, that they're non-heretical, that they have theological basis, right? And that we're using the forefront of knowledge and translation out there, um, not only to, to unify, but to enrich the body, right? So I, I'm, I'm looking at my notes here, and, and I, it's interesting what a pastor is, right? So a pastor is not only somebody who's a counselor, um, and seeks out a family and, and makes sure that that the, the congregation is doing well, right? In, in my mind, the, the concept of pastor back historically was someone who made sure that, that they knew what was going on with the families if somebody w- w- was lacking food or, or some bills couldn't be paid, and, and they, were, they were figuring that out. If two members had an argument, they, they were in the breach creating peace between them, while the teacher— right or or the rabbi taught but today's pastor is not only a teacher he's a counselor and he has to be a motivational speaker right so the most popular popular christian pastors are somewhat of a motivational speaker and if not they have a rhetoric of them against us or a rhetoric of of we're in a war you're a warrior we're working together uh, a, a rhetoric of of derivative nature um us against them uh, and and they're really charismatic and really good about it the uh, the word would say that there's more positions than that of course uh, we could talk about the fivefold found in ephesians uh, four eleven through thirteen apostles prophet evangelist pastors teacher and I find it interesting now uh, that I think about it, that teachers is was the last listed, because if you think about what James talks about, is that them being judged more strictly. That means the foundation of everybody who's standing is standing on the teacher. The pastor stands on the teacher. The evangelist stands on the teacher. The prophet stands upon the teacher, and the apostle stands upon the teacher. And sometimes an apostle was a teacher, right? And so, and so the top and the bottom kind of are are are, are circular um, in the word. Right, and, and the, the, you got the sandwich of the fivefold, and you have these teachers who are supposed to be equipping the saints to to do things, to know things, right? And so the concept is is that we need to wise learning important, and somewhere lost away. I mean, Proverbs eighteen fifteen says, "An intelligent heart acquires knowledge, and the ear of the wise seek knowledge." Right. So even the word says we need to seek knowledge. Titus 2, but as for you, teach what accords, uh, what accords with the sound doctrine. Well, but what's sound doctrine? If no one's teaching sound doctrine, if there is no rabbi's learning of school of thought and together, then who's teaching these things? How is sound doctrine getting out there? And it's not, and, and partially it's not. Right? We have pastors going off the edge. We have people c- calling our seminaries today cemeteries because sound doctrine is not being taught or at least not being learned. <laughs> right? Not being learned. And in Hosea 4.6, one of my favorite pa- passages of all time, my people are destroyed for a lack of knowledge. Because you reject knowledge, I reject you from being my priests. Wow, so how can we be mediators, right? If we're called a nation of priests, right, through Christ, and we have no knowledge, then how can we be priests? How can we be these mediators to the world, who until they become become themselves mediators, right? The whole concept of having pastors and priests are because we, we needed somebody to connect us, right? And if we're the hands and if as a body of believers, if we're the hands and feet, the eyes, the mouth, if we're not moving together in knowledge, if we have no knowledge when somebody approaches us or have the ability to garner that knowledge, then what answers do we have? How are we different? What are we providing to uh, believers and non-believers, Right, I mean, I may be squawking, but I don't think I'm I, I'm wrong on this. I mean, maybe I should squawk louder. Maybe I should get on a rooftop and start squawking, uh, you know. And people go, "What's that annoying raven talking about?" It's it's shameful and and a bit embarrassing when a video is not only agreed by most non-Christians, but when shared amongst theologians, they laugh and agree um, with it. That's kind of scary, uh, in a sense, as well as shameful, because knowledge is a beautiful thing, and so far, the ability for the church to combine itself with science, which proves the Bible time and again, uh, has been floundering and faulty, and until uh, until we are educated in both, and and bring back that marriage of the two, and show something different and new, um, and provable, because God is so so radically provable, <laughs> uh, and uh, and I'm gonna stick with that. Uh, I'll die on that hill got it there's evidence radical evidence um out there uh not only within science but but within testimony um and we need to combine that with strong doctrinal theology and we need to combine that with science and 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 have a renaissance if you will in the church itself, because putting up a young twenty-year-old who has no um, biblical understanding or life experience is definitely far from sending out a thirty-three-year-old, thirty to thirty-three-year-old in Jesus's time to be a rabbi, right? Years of training to be a rabbi before you can have your own, you know, be your own rabbi, right? So you. We are far from having life, the life experience and the knowledge imbued in our pastors, um, and and maybe it's the whole concept of, of don't shun shun the young, uh, and don't and don't let them and don't put them down, but I mean there's mistakes that are made in youth, uh, you know, and that I can I can valify, I I can look back and and validate in my own life if if anything about the mistakes and probably if I was put into this position uh, to speak to you back then I, the brashness and the mistakes would probably overflow in through the mic and, and into your ears and and my squawking would be radically different. But what the whole concept and context in which I'm trying to speak to you, my fellow Ravens is that we need to make sure that the teachers that are teaching us are educated that they have, have gone on beyond just reading books at home and reading articles on the Internet and, and gotten schooling from people who have done it for, for their whole lives. And, and there's so much rich knowledge out there that they can test their faith against so that when they stand before you, they can give you fresh bread, fresh words, fresh revelation from their own study that you then go and you take a look at, and then you get fresh revelation from your own study, right? Our leaders should be examples for us and, and to us of what an educated walk looks like. And if we're not educated, then, then is, is when the ridicule, and rightly so, the world will look at us and ridicule us because rightly so, we need to be Educated and wise individuals, and that takes training. That takes more than a book. That takes more than than you know studying by yourself, because you can only take yourself so far. So go out there and and ponder, um, like a good raven should, and think about you know, and maybe even question and ask. Your pastor, Whew, I'm gonna get some of you in trouble. What's your education? Where did you Where did you train? Um, what did you learn about? And um, and see, and maybe hopefully, I, I pray it's so you'll find that you have a well-educated leader who's who's gone to to Bible college or has studied um, uh, theology in in college in a regular college um, because that's not bad either. <laughs> Uh, as long as you go in there fully well known that they're, they're going to take the stance of that God doesn't exist, but we're studying a religion, um, being that I've taken classes like that. So guard your heart. But find out, and then, you know, uh, how are you growing? How are you studying? Because um, it, it works both ways, right? We can't make demands on our leaders that we don't put those demands on ourselves. So uh, just think about it. Um, of course this raven's always studying and talking theology um, that's how he does his, how he does church so um, and d- I definitely have people who who uh, keep me straight uh, if I start going off into some sort of curved path uh, so do that pour yourself another cup of tea and we'll talk again next time all right bye Cool music by Ross Budgeon at the beginning and Bend Sound at the end.